my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. Come inside. Right now. You are listening to Let's Talk Hemp in the 422. I am your host, Morris Beagle. Welcome to the show. Ho, 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 and welcome back to the show. You are listening to Let's Talk Hemp in the 422, and this is our 2019 year in review. Welcome, Rick. Giddy up. Year in review. It's uh, We spent, just for our listeners to know, we did a lot of back work into this one. We spent the last four hours or so going over our year in review so that we could take you guys through the year in review. Exactly. So uh, lots of amazing stuff this year. We kind of got confused on what was this year. Last year, it kind of all blended together. We did a lot of incredible stuff all over the world this year and a lot of people to thank and um, some people to remember. But let's get started with the Hemp for Victory in D.C. Vote Hemp. We finally passed the law right, in 2018. So hemp is legal. Everything was going to be hunky-dory, and we're going to have banking and insurance, and it was going to be great, and so we went to celebrate in D.C. with Vote Hemp. What did you think of that to that gathering? I thought it was good. Had a lot of people come together that have been doing this for decades and decades, and it was good to see everybody come together and talk about the future of hemp and what happened in the past, and we finally did get the law passed, and while not perfect, it's a step in the right direction. For sure, for sure. Um, so that was great, and thank you, Vote Hemp. And then we had the Winter Hemp Summit. So that was here in Colorado. Yep, first annual Winter Hemp Summit. We did that in Fort Collins, and there was a little packed house there, a couple hundred people in the room that we did it in. And we did the year in review of 2018, talked about the Farm Bill, talked about Amendment X, which was kind of a contentious thing here in Colorado that in the end meant nothing, which... What was Amendment X? Oh, where we removed the definition of hemp from our constitution that was put in there from Amendment 64, and it allowed us to adjust with the federal definition and and what's going to come down the pipe there. So if it moves up to 1%, and if it was stuck in our constitution at 0.3%, Colorado would be at a disadvantage. So anyway, it puts it into the hands of the legislators so we can fluidly adjust according to the federal guidelines. Cool. Anyway, it's all good, though. That type of stuff shouldn't divide our industry. Well, lots of things shouldn't divide our industry. That divides our industry and their uh, and sometimes leadership and really the divisiveness needs to go against the improper legislation and, and prohibition of the plant versus each other. But getting back to speaking of divisiveness, we flew all the way across the continent this year. We flew all the way across to Asia to start off the year and the Asian Hemp Summit in Kathmandu. Um, what were some of the memories from that, Mo? Well, probably the, well, there's a couple. Monkey golf. Monkey golf. With Dan Hare and the Sherpas. Mm-hmm. That was good. So we, we went golfing in Kathmandu, right? And so yeah. they have the caddies. They assign you a caddy, right? We're with Dan Hare, Jack's Hare's son from Hare Hemp. And so we're out there and we're, we're playing and the I call that we ended up calling them golf, golf Sherpas but instead of caddies because they would actually really for real go up into the woods and catch my errant balls. They would go into the jungle. My golf Sherpa would run up the mountain and grab the ball and somehow find it in the middle of the jungle with monkeys everywhere. I mean, it was 
It was insane. It was so much fun. It was pretty amazing. Probably the highlight of the whole thing was the uh, World Championship Karaoke Contest, the third annual. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yep. So I totally forgot about that. And I have the banner in my bus still. So do you want to tell that story, Mo? I'll let you go ahead and tell it. It was in honor of you. It was. So a good buddy of ours, Ralph, who we met up at the uh, conference in Asia. This is in Kathmandu. It's like our third night, and we have an award ceremony, and they had uh, I Love Karaoke. And so they had actually, coincidentally, in our hotel, the third annual Karaoke World Championships. And it was actually being held in Nepal at our hotel. And I was like, holy cow. They had big banners up around the hotel. Uh, they had a big trophy when we came in, and it was, I was, it was amazing. I was so excited to see these championships. Turns out the, the people that were supposed to come and the DJ couldn't make it. They got stuck in traffic in Kathmandu, which, as you and I both know, is how hell of you go to drive through Kathmandu. We ended up getting stuck in traffic, so they asked if I would host the, the championships, so I did. And we had the championships mostly amongst ourselves and the groups, but we had Indians there, and we had people from, what, Mongolia and all over Asia, Tasmania. China. Uh, China. Uh, Japan. Uh, Japan. I mean, it was everywhere. Poland, mm-hmm. Czech Republic, USA. I mean, it was everywhere. So it was a truly international karaoke championship. And our friend Ellen, uh, she actually won the championship. She rocked it. And she won the championship. She got a big trophy. It was big to do. Uh, and it turns out at the end of the day, uh, the whole thing was made up. It was a prank on me. So I literally, by Ralph and by Dan, and they totally pranked me. I had no idea what was going on. They told me at the end of the night, and I, I started cracking up. I think I cried even because I literally hosted my own prank, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great thing. That's the Asian Summit. But actually, on the way, too, we went to Dubai. Remember that? We went to the tallest building in the world. Yeah, during our layover, we had a three-hour layover. And it's like, what can you do in a three-hour layover? Well, you can hustle yourself to the tallest building in the world from the airport, go to the top, have a little drink of whatever the hell they were serving up there. It was like lemonade tea or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah it was and good. Riding in the uh, subway getting there was kind of interesting. It was, uh, yeah, we actually ended up on the female side of the subway. They, there in, in Dubai, they have male and female divisions of the subway. And we were in the pink section of the subway and everyone was looking at us weird. And then we realized we needed to be in the blue section where the men stood. And so we go in the blue section and it starts getting crowded and crowded with people. Uh, and the pink section where the women have, has, they have plenty of room to stand and walk and talk. I mean, it was just a, we, we didn't know what we were doing. Well, that's the way it goes. We learned very nonverbal communication. Told us what, exactly what to do. I think they just kind of pointed to maybe pointed yeah. us to get out of the area. <laughs> Wasn't the first time we had weird looks around the world. It probably won't be the last time we have weird looks around the world. But yeah, that was amazing. Burj Khalifa, I think, was the name of the building. Yep. And then, so that was the Asian Hemp Summit. That was in February. Big shout out to Kurt and Hemp Today yes. for organizing that. Uh, Daniel Cruz and Hana for being sponsors. And good event. So good job to everybody involved there. Excellent event. They have another one coming up this year, which we won't be attending, unfortunately. But it uh, does have a good lineup already uh, set as well. So then we went from there to the Hemp CBD Expo in Birmingham. It was the first one they'd ever done, right, in February of this year. Correct. And before getting to Birmingham, I had to make a little stop off in Ireland and do the trip around the island there. And that was with Jim and Evelyn and Robert and did the little one-day tour. And And you were looking for a location for, tell, tell us a little bit about what's going on in Ireland. You're looking for a location for an expo or what's... Yeah, we're looking at doing the Irish Hemp Expo and conference, so we were scouting out different locations and possibilities, and I think something will come about here, hopefully in 2020, if not 2021, but there is groundwork being laid there in the Irish 
definitely want to get on the hemp train. Well, I mean, they're growing hemp there a little bit now, but I remember when we went there, I liked the, um, we looked at that royal place, like museum in Dublin, I think it's called the Royal. Well, they've got awesome. Oh, yeah. And I I think that, yeah, I think that that's still a possibility to do it there. It makes sense to do it in Dublin. There's population there and just find a good room to to host it in. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's a small island, but there's like, it's a very just different as you go around the island, you know? Exactly. Dingle, man, Dingle is like one of my favorites. <laughs> of course. Uh, amazing berries. Um, all right, so we also, oh, also had the Kansas Hemp Symposium when there was a total blizzard. Um, and I had a great story we just heard this weekend at the Colorado HIA conference, or annual meeting last week, that Andrew Bish was there sucking the blizzard and having to drive to Minnesota and nearly flipped his truck. Hitting the, big, hitting the big blizzard. Were you there for that story? No, I missed he that. He was driving, a, his tow, he was towing his equipment. He, huge blizzard between Iowa and Minnesota. And he was driving through and he hit like a six foot tall snow drift. And he thought he was going to die. But he was almost flipped over the side and blew snow everywhere. And he ended up, I mean, the truck bounced, the trailer bounced. He ended up fine, but it was a crazy story. But anyways, that was what's happening in Kansas in the center of our country while you're in Ireland gallivanting around the island. So, exactly. well played, well played. <laughs> Let's see, then after that, we went to the show, the Hemp CBD Expo in Birmingham. Right, that was their first the event. First time. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Callie, right? The woman who wrote uh, The Boy in Seven Billion, whose son had all sorts of diseases. They say there's no way he could have all these diseases together, so he made him the, the only person in the world, so a boy in seven billion. And she ended up curing him of all the diseases with cancer, right? And we met him, actually. Exactly. The second time. We did. Which is amazing. Devin, and, I think. Devin right. And we did a podcast with her. Yep. Yep. So she was podcast well, out of there. Yep. But those guys, Brett and Tommy and Robert and Robert, really good crew of guys out there in the UK putting this event together. And we actually did it again in September. We'll talk about that a little bit here later. Yeah. They were fantastic. It was a great show. Um, we stepped it up in September, which we will get into. Uh, we met Cali. We went from there to uh, Netherlands. Yeah, we stopped in Amsterdam. And we ended up meeting up with uh, Mike Weiss a little bit and told a story about it, how he burned himself. And we got to get him back on the podcast, Mike, when you're out there. I know you're running around now, so we'll, we'll gather you up for the podcast again. Uh, but we, we toured around Amsterdam. That wasn't, that wasn't your first time there. No, we went to Amsterdam last year after Greece and Germany and that tour. So we're much more veteran this time. Yeah, second time around for me. Yes, much more veteran. Uh, And then we came back to the States, and this was cool. We started off on the road trip and actually blew in botanicals, did a screening of the road trip uh, in the middle of March for and did kind of a call-in to help educate uh, their local community. They opened their, Their center was getting ready to get opened, right, which we went to later in the year. But we also, that's when we came back, and we had the HIA Strategic Planning Weekend, with the board, board of directors and staff in uh, in Arizona, and then we came up on the big one, dude. Noco Six, the largest and biggest Noco of them all so far. So far, that was epic. It was where was what was the venue? It was in Aurora. It was um, the Crown Plaza Convention Center out by DIA. Crown Plaza, and that was uh, it was packed. It was a packed house for all three days, right? Yeah, we had. Sold out investor forum that we did with Hemp Industry Daily and MJ Biz. And then the business conference and farm symposium on that Friday and Saturday were both sold out. Expo Hall was sold out with exhibitors and packed with attendees both days. Yeah, I mean, and the speaking lineup was amazing. We had Jerry Polis, who's our, who's our governor of Colorado. He was a rep uh, when they passed the 2014 farm bill. Uh, he spoke for quite a while. We had Lauren Israelson, Winona LaDuke, David Bronner. Um, Sean Murphy, we had a lot of really, really good uh, folks speaking at that conference as well. Uh, and it was crowded, man. It was crazy. So 
yeah, we'll talk about what we're getting into next year and what the big stuff for NOCO 7, but uh, that was a great, great event. From there, we I, I went up and spoke at Wyoming Agriculture Expo in Casper. Um, Wyoming's getting ready to do some big things. They have a lot of uh, land up there, a lot of opportunity, uh, especially on the fiber and, and grain side, I think. Uh, they're a little worried on the cannabinoid side, but uh, I think we need to start talking more about fiber and grain because, you know, cannabinoids are great, but we need to start diversifying the, the, what people are growing this plant for, right, like they did in the old days. For sure. This cannabinoid hemp thing, there's going to be so much oversupply when it's all said and done that we really have to start utilizing the fiber and the grain. Try and cropping always, it. Yep. It's and, always been legal, so it's yeah, not, there's no exactly. issues. And that stuff is going to be what really makes the impact environmentally moving forward is being able to, A, sequester carbon, clean up the soil, and then create all these ingredients that can go into the industrial supply chain. Yep, for sure, for sure. Uh, and speaking of industrial supply chain, that's we, were, we went to uh, Dallas for EarthX, the largest sustainable conference, I think, in the U.S.? In the world. In the world. Uh, huge. I mean, huge, huge conference. It's what, like the they, 20th year or something like that? Well, it's coming up, I think, on the 20th year. It's coming up on the 50th year anniversary of Earth Day in 2020. Wow. So, and we're going to be partnering with them this year. Uh, we were out there this year as Mark Linde basically really spearheaded that that hemp forum that they did, the hemp area. What did they call it? A pavilion? The hemp pavilion, yeah. And unfortunately, we lost Mark a little bit later on in the year. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But Mark spearheaded that. This is a great event. I think they had 177,000 people is what they came out with numbers-wise for 2019 it was great super inspiring yeah it was good mark Lene was great dalton was uh, helpful very helpful in getting that stuff going as well um shout out to those guys but uh it was amazing to see all the big corporate sponsors there too you know they had the houses and they had like even like the exxons and some of the larger like oil companies right we're in texas so those people were throwing money at it i mean it was very disney was there right disney earth yep the other thing jacques cousteau's daughter Craig, what was the Cousteau family? But I think it was his daughter that really was the one that delivered the message. And she, that was just so moving. Yeah, very powerful at the, at the gala, the night of like the big dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really great. It's a great, great show. And uh, like you said, we'll be back there again this year for 2020. So we're looking forward to that. From there, we traveled down to New Orleans, I believe. Well, you went to Nashville to check out some stuff. Well, we went to Southern the- Hip Right, but, but before that, we did go to New Orleans for Hemp on the Bayou and Jazz Fest, right after EarthX. Right, okay, yeah, that's right. So we drove down there, and the, we took the bus. I took the bus, so we started the road trip, uh, ate the first coast-to-coast one uh, in the same uh, episode. So we took that out, so we drove down to New Orleans and met up with Morris and the group for Hemp on the Bayou. That was the first, I think, in the last Hemp on the Bayou? We'll see. See? But it was, it was fun. We had to figure out how do we go to Jazz Fest and incorporate hemp. Well, let's throw a hemp conference in Louisiana. So hemp on the bayou on May 1st, and that was fun. What did we do? We tied it in with the Crawfish Festival. Crawfish Festival, Samantha Fox. Samantha Craw- Fish. Samantha Fish. So sorry, that was a total Freudian slip. Samantha Fish, who was an awesome rocker. Oh, badass. She brought down the house. That was amazing. I want to thank Carla. She was a good hostess for us and taking us around the city. Uh, but there was Jazz Fest that weekend. What did, I remember Pitbull. There was Dave Matthews Band. There was, I mean, Jazz Fest. The lineup was incredible. But, I mean, it was just it was a great couple of great days. What do you remember from Jazz Fest? What's, what's, what's one of the highlights that you, you recall? Food was good. The vending situation, you had six or seven big stages out there. 
Music-wise, uh, is it Gary Clark Jr. I really dug him. I saw Sonny Landreth for the first time. He's one of a, my favorite guitar players from years ago. It was good to see him finally live. And who else? I think Gladys Knight played. Yep. Saw her for a little bit. Was it Chris Stapleton? Chris Stapleton was epic. Yeah. I'd never seen him before. He was really good. And that was like a 10 in the morning or something crazy. It was early. It was like early. Yeah. We got to hang out in the gospel tent for a little bit. And praise Jesus. Yeah. Or whoever you want to praise or not praise. Yeah. Praise that. <laughs> praise, praise. That was, that was amazing. That was a really, really fun trip. Um, from there, we ended up going up to... Or you went and checked out Nashville for Southern Hip Expo. You guys went to the Franklin place. Uh, and then we ended up going to Blue Hill Botanicals Grand Opening in Knoxville, Tennessee, which was amazing. That was for the Rhythm and Blooms Festival, which is a big festival there in Knoxville. What kind of bluegrass, I guess? Well, they Rhythm have, and blues, yeah. Well, Rhythm and Blooms, and but they have rock, they have blues, they have country. And we got to see guitar player Andy Wood. He plays in a couple of projects, and that guy is just an absolute smoking guitar player. He is amazing. A Wood, as I call him. A Wood? Yeah, A Wood. He's yeah. amazing. Uh, Super nice guy, too. Check him totally, out. Yeah. Instagram, Andy Wood. He's got all kinds of little instructional things he does on there and just shreds. He's, he can play anything. He's super amazing. Didn't we try to get him out for a show? Didn't try to get him up for like NoCo or something? Uh, we tried to get him for Southern Hemp Expo, but he was booked. Next time. So that was great. We, I mean, we saw Blue's production facility, which is amazing. I uh, got to meet a lot of their staff and their new facilities right downtown in Knoxville. It was kick ass. Mm -hmm. They have a good big conference center back there and uh, education and bands there when we were there. It was a cool, it was a cool festival, actually. Knoxville's a fun town. It, real fun town. I enjoyed it. Kind of reminds me of Fort Collins a little bit. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can walk, we walked everywhere and. Uh, the food was chill. The people were fun. Like, it was a good good vibe, good energy. It was a good weekend. Uh, then from there, we took the road trip. So we went on the road for a month and a half, all the way from the Carolinas, all the way through Knoxville, Colorado, and then on to California, where we ended up there for HIA, HIA's Hemp History Week. Uh, but in the meantime, you flew out to Seattle, and what you met up with some family. Did, what did you do up in Seattle? I met up with your brother, and, and what did you guys do? We went to a thing called Flight to Mars, which is Mike McCready from Pearl Jam does this tribute to a band called UFO, another one of my favorite bands back from the 70s and 80s. And it's a benefit concert that they've been doing for 15 years or so, and it's for Crohn's disease and raising money. And anyway, it was fun just to go out and hang and fly for a concert and hang with my brother Brad and, and do all that. So I think that we're going to be doing more stuff in Seattle as uh, time rolls on. Seattle's a good town. Uh, it's good to get away because I mean, we're not even to you know June yet, and it's already been, it's already been crazy uh, running around the country and, and getting things going. So you also did a thing called the Reality Ride? Reality. Realities Ride? So every year I book uh, the bands for an event called Realities Ride. It's, it's an annual poker run for Realities for Children, which is an organization here in northern Colorado that – services 20 plus agencies for kids at risk and also uh, battered women so it's it's really about helping out our children here in northern colorado and great organization craig secker who's run it for 20 years plus is a great guy a good friend of mine and so i really enjoy getting to do that event every year one of the things about this event is you got all these kind of team leaders that do different areas of the event and come in and volunteer their time and work together and 
And this event really helped me with building the foundation of how to put NOCO together and bringing in a variety of people to help in different areas of the event and have all these different things going on. How to manage the different aspects, you mean? Yeah. It just really kind of helped me think differently about doing an event rather than doing like concerts and festivals or just a straight conference. NOCO's got a lot of different things going on at one time. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. Well, especially this next year. Holy it's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So that's good to get a little background there. And then you ended up in at the Cannabis World Conference. Is that what it's CWC? The Cannabis World Congress, Congress in New York City. Flew out there to, I hadn't been to that event and went out for that. Also got to record on Now This Weed. I did an episode that's part of Now This News and went up to the 11th floor of this building, a huge newsroom, sat in there and basically read off a teleprompter, which I'd never done before and did this now this weed video which eventually got released and has done pretty well it was it was a cool experience did you write the content or they just tell you what to read no we wrote i wrote the content and i went back and forth with zoe wilder who does publicity for Colorado hemp company and um and we just went back and forth and wrote this out and then sat there on the teleprompter and read it three times and then they cut and splice and then drop in graphics and video and that sort of thing Sweet. Um, that's Yeah, that's a good group. There's a lot of exposure with Now This Week and Now This News. Um, so that's great. And they do some really good stuff. They bring social issues to the forefront. And and I think that they're, the videos that they do are definitely get traction. For sure. For sure. I like them. And then from there, you went up to you say, New York and went up to Albany for the U.S. Hemp Growers Conference? Correct. I went up there and participated. We did a, a fiber panel. I think it was me and... Preston Whitfield, Larry Serban, and there was somebody else on the panel. Somebody from Victory Hemp. Colin? Okay. Yeah, he, he, he talked about the grain side of things. So we were talking about non-cannabinoid uses of the plant. Sweet. Which was a really good panel, and, and that conference was well done as well. Melissa's done a good job building that conference series up, for sure. Yeah, in fact, they won the HIA conference. They won the best conference of the year, I believe. Then speaking of HACON, Hemp History Week. So as I'm driving across the country, you're flying around New York and Seattle all over the country, and then you fly out and meet us on the bus and the crew in San Diego for the last Hemp History, I guess the 10th Hemp History Week, and I think it's the last one. I think we're going to move forward to Hemp Week next year. But uh, that was fantastic. We were all over, what, Gaslamp? Uh, we did a Bronner tour. You guys did a tour of CV Sciences. How was that? I didn't take that tour with you guys. How was that this year? I enjoyed it. They got a nice facility good staff there Stuart who's been with those guys for a long time is the one who gave the tour guy's got a lot of energy lots of energy yeah Yeah. is it Stuart Tonk I believe so he was on uh, the first season of Let's Talk Hemp last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. it was uh, yeah he was was, that was one of the the first episodes I think we did yeah he's been in the natural products industry for a long time he's really smart about all that stuff good sales guy yeah that was great so that was in San Diego then Shoot, dude, that's just half the year. We're halfway through the year. What do you think? We're um, almost halfway through the year. Almost, yeah. So we're just in June. So we let's go to the MJ Business Daily. Had a big conference in New Next. I think was the conference in New Orleans. I got to go with Ralph of Citizen Hemp. Um, go down there and chat and, and meet some folks and listen to him chat. Uh, and then I spent the month of July in in China. Actually, flying all over China. Um, thank you very much, Terry, who hosted us and took us around. And Jessica at Sesmol for taking, getting me out there to speak. 
I got a keynote speak at a conference on July 4th in China, and I got to go skiing that same day uh, indoors in the middle of uh, July in China, which was pretty crazy. And they have snow? They had snow, like man-made snow in this like, huge, like, you know, probably like, I don't know, takes maybe five minutes to go on the slope. But it's man-made snow. It's awesome. I haven't skied for 20 years, man, so I, I haven't been snowboarding. So I just went there. You can rent, you rent a jacket. You rent all the stuff. And it was like, I think it was like... It's cold? Yeah, it's cold. It's, it's just like snow. Like, I didn't have gloves, so I could only go for like an hour. Then my hands were like freezing for like two hours. But yeah, it was amazing. It was, it's the large fourth, I think the largest indoor ski area in China. And I think the fourth largest in the world, which is crazy. Well, I've never been in one of those. I hadn't either. It was really cool. It was in the middle of a mall. It was like this mall, and all of a sudden there's a ski, there's like two ski slopes that come out of the side of like the end. It's crazy, man. It's wild. <laughs> but that was China. That's where um, we did a recording with um, Dr. John. Jen was amazing. We did uh, the podcast for China because that needed to be done. We were there watching fireworks going over the top of a Chinese building on July 4th. According to a little less talk, yeah, buddy. So that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, but that was great, man. I got to visit like Kunming, Yunnan, Beijing, uh, Hempson Biotech, which was crazy. Every single uh, extractor, I went to four of the five extractors in the country uh, for CBD, they all take THC away right immediately so after they have their first pull they pull the crude and then they take the then they remove the thc on the second step and it all goes in this pipe into this room behind these closed doors that are locked and then apparently they destroy the thc apparently 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 i got everyone to call that room though the room of tears so that was the room of tears for two reasons number one the room of tears because you're throwing away a lot of money there's a lot of value to thc oil by itself i'm sure right and then also the room of tears because you're also throwing away a lot of health. So people can't get as much access to the cannabinoid uptake if they don't have THC. So it's just we got them all to call the room of tears, which I thought was nice of them to, to placate the American. Then from there we came back and we this was one of my favorite events in Colorado. It's Hemp on the Slope at the beautiful Salt Creek Ranch. Fourth annual HOTS event. And thanks to the whole Salt Creek crew with Margaret and Aaron and Joe and Fran got a beautiful farm it's been a great run doing it on the ranch there but coming up in 2020 i think we are moving it off the ranch it's kind of run its course there and we've kind of maxed out capacity and i think we're going to move it into the convention center and we're not positive as of the date yet it could be that same weekend in july or we may move it into may middle of may so we'll be announcing that sometime first part of 2020 be listening for that uh great event great last event i love having it on the farm there it's so beautiful up there absolutely amazing we had doug fine out again shout out to dougie yep doug's got a new book coming out american hemp farmer hopefully will be out at noco seven that's the plan otherwise the national release i believe is going to be in april it hasn't been 100 percent finalized but i 95% sure that we'll have some copies at NOCO and that the national release date will happen in April. What is it on hemp paper? There could be a hemp cover. We're working on that as well. There has to be a hemp cover. We're working on it. Okay. Call Doug. Tell Doug that he has to put it on the hemp. That you're excited to see his new book and he read his new book, The American Farmer, but also... And mainly, you also want to have the book cover, at least, on hemp paper. Correct. Um, well, we're talking to Chelsea Green. The, the Doug definitely wants it. It's a matter of can the work out cost-wise and just work out manufacturing print-wise. So It can, because I have a cover. I have a I book that has a hemp cover. I know. And so I've seen it. I've touched it with my old hands. Chelsea, 
Publishing. Um, so I'm looking forward to helping you guys get some hemp cover for Doug's new book, The American Farmer. American um, Hemp Farmer. American Hemp Farmer, yeah. American Hemp Farmer. Fantastic. So that Hip on the Slope was incredible. Then you went off and did the Arise Festival, which is that this is the last year they did that you guys did this? So we do No Co Hemp Village at Arise Festival. That's the first weekend in August. And this is this was the last year. Arise Festival is going to be no longer from my understanding. And well, I was actually I think that they're just the organizers had a fallout of some sort, I believe. I'm not 100% sure what happened, but I wasn't there, actually. I was in Nashville for the Fest of Nashville with Scene Magazine because Southern Hemp Expo was a sponsor. But Lizzie and the Wafbud crew was out there at Arise Festival at Sunrise Ranch, and it was a good event this year from my understanding. The NoCo Hemp Village at Arise is going to get retired, but maybe NoCo Hemp Village will pop up at some other event. We're not sure about that. I like the concept for sure. I actually headed out to, at that time I was in Colombia, which I think was, I went to Bogota to speak uh, at a conference. And I thought it was the second time I went this year, but I couldn't find the first time I went this year. So um, with so much travel, I literally think I went to a continent that I might not have gone to or vice versa. I don't know. I couldn't find record of it. So that, that tells you anything about our travels this year, brother. Then the USA CBD Expo was in Miami, which was pretty sweet. Um, that was Janelle and David with Heather and uh, Mike Lewis was there uh, from Third Wave Farms. Uh, the Hemingway House, the original Hemingway House is there. And they literally have someone that's paid to take care of all the cats. He has like hundreds of cats. Like it's creepy, man. Like I didn't go in the house because there's too many damn cats. Like it was, it was creepy. So like he had like, like literally hundreds of cats. And like even when the hurricane came... Like the cat stayed, and like they'd have someone stay on, stay there on the like the southernmost tip of America, while a hurricane's coming, and they just sit there with the damn cats. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyone with like lots of cats, typically they're crazy anyways, right? But like, if you have that many cats, like no wonder he was crazy. No one's such a good writer. I think he's a good writer. And then uh, from there went up to Portland. There's a lot of these new associations popping up, right? CBD associations, farm associations. Um, there's a group, the National Industrial Hemp Council, who's based in Portland and, and has uh, works a lot out of D.C. Um, so we went to their annual meeting, right, on behalf of HIA, which is really cool. Uh, we're going to be partnering together, hopefully, with them and some of these other groups and really try to bring the collaboration that we need to this industry, right? So that we're, we're still in the, in the early phases and there's a lot of transition that needs to happen, and that means you need to work with people, right, and help sure. collaborate versus compete. What do you call it? Co-opetition. Co-opetition, um, which is what? Cooperate and com- competition. competition, yeah. But you and your English. Yeah. By the way, we'll say at the end of this podcast, too, we'll sit. I went and asked all over the world. I just finished traveling all over the world. But all over the world, we asked people to say in English the same phrase. I have to have some half and half, right? And then they all had to say it, like, like in, and we'll put it at the end. And it's, it's, it's amazing we all can communicate because we really can't because our English is not so good in other countries and vice versa. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But speaking of good English, you actually spoke at the American Herbal Products Association conference here in Denver uh, in, uh, in the fall. So you, yeah, in, you in August. In August, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got to manage or manage. I got to moderate a supply chain panel at the APA conference. And those guys... American American Herbal, Herbal Products Price. Association, great organization. Michael McGuffin, he's going to be speaking at NOCO 7 this year. He's the one who heads it up. Guy's a total badass. He's been good, 
badass. Yeah. He's been going at it with the FDA for 20 years or so and really helped out the natural products industry and being able to to just negotiate and, and deal with the FDA. And we obviously need that type of leadership and those type of people aligned with our industry because we're going to be going through very similar stuff as the natural products industry has gone through with other supplements. On the, on the cannabinoid side, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Um, and speaking of which, another U.S. Hemp Roundtable uh, is pushing, has pushed a lot of state legislation forward. And then they had a, a big meeting, a board meeting in Austin. But I was also was able to go out there for the Texas Marijuana Medical Conference. Uh, Texas is moving forward. I want to thank uh, Aaron Rayson for, for bringing me out there. But they are moving forward with trying to get the uh, whole plant legal in that state as well, which is interesting. Uh, Texas is poised to be the largest, one of the largest growers of hemp next year, actually. Which is, can you leave that in 2020? It'll be their first year. For their first year? Yeah, which I think is super ambitious. It is super ambitious when you haven't planted a seed in that state yet and you want to probably plant 50,000 acres. I think. 100,000. Or 100,000. Yeah. Really? So, well, it better all be row crop, grain, and fiber. fiber. You're looking for fiber as well. So it's, but still, I think it's ambitious. That's so Texas, though. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to. I think at EarthX, that guy came up to me and he's like, hey, after our hemp talk, and he's like, hey, I'm going to be a hemp farmer here in Texas. And I go, okay, great. He goes, I'm going to plant 100,000 acres this year. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I just, listen, just don't do that. Like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? What are you going to do with 100,000 acres of material? There's so do many. Have, do you have a buyer? Literally, there were so many questions. Can that you I process just, it? All I could say was just don't. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't even, I don't even know where to start, man. Anyway, so yeah, Texas was, uh, Texas is rocking and rolling with their legislation, trying to get some stuff going. And, and um, the American Hemp Campaign and Sean Hauser was big and pushing things there with Vicente Cedarberg um, about hemp. So shout out to those guys as well, those groups, along with the roundtable. So after that, man, we all had the second big conference, the She2 or Southern Hip Expo, the second one in September in outside of Nashville and Franklin. What uh, what do you think? How was, how was the second one compared to the first? I thought that the second one was very good. We had to move away from the fairgrounds where we were at last year, and basically they leveled the buildings we were in last year. I think we were like the last event, and they said, well, we can't do anything here. The Hemp Expo came and just We've infected them this. with cannabis. Exactly. So they had to knock down those buildings, and they built new Expo halls, which we're going to be in in 2020. But we had to transition to Franklin, which is like a half an hour outside of, of Nashville. More of a conservative farming-ish community. Uh, we went to the Expo Center out there, which is like a big rodeo arena. And it was kind of, it was a cool vibe. It was farm and ag. And we had to build out this, this huge velour backdrop and wall for the, the business conference to separate it out, which was pretty ambitious and pretty expensive as well. But, uh, it, but it worked. It looked good. Yeah, it looked good. I think the conference ran really well. Again, the speakers were fantastic. And across the board. And it did have a very, like, having on that rodeo kind of floor had a, like more of like a farmer ad kind of feel. You know what I mean, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good. It was a great week. We got to have uh, Matt Hagen, funny car driver, do a keynote. And we also got Tulsi Gabbard to chime in via Skype and deliver 15, 20 minutes worth of very uh, powerful and inspiring message from Washington, D.C. It would be great if she becomes our next president. Present. 
So uh, from, there, from, there, from there we went to from there we went to uh, to we went over to overseas to uh, Europe, and uh, for the second time this year we started in Barcelona because we want to check out some of the paper manufacturing and some of the stuff they have going on over there in the EU. Um, that was your first time in Barcelona. I used to live in Barcelona, and I haven't been there for you know I've been back there what I think 10, 11, 12 years ago. Um, so it was good to see my former city, my former residence, um, which we literally stayed two blocks away when we were there the whole time in our flat. What did you think of Barcelona? Your first I, time there. I loved it. I thought it was a super cool city. It's totally fun. Totally uh, amazing city. Tons to do. The architecture is amazing. The meeting we had was good. Mm-hmm. Good meeting. Um, hopefully we can follow. We can see if that bears some fruit. But it, uh, it, was, it was good to see um, and talk to people in production on, on other continents and see how they're doing it and their regulations and their demands and kind of the things that are that they're seeing in the market uh, as well. Because really, this is a global phenomenon. Uh, while it'll be impacting locally, regionally, it's a global kind of movement. And then we went to, and, and want to thank Maggie Buderbaugh, too, who was on the first road trip with us and now works in uh, the Carolinas, in North Carolina, but she was able to come out and join us, and uh, it was fun. We checked out the Cannabis Museum together, which is amazing. Remember that? That was pretty yep. fun. That's put on by Cincy Seeds, I believe. Yep, yep, and that was really, really cool. Uh, and then we actually, and this is a big shout-out, thank you, Tony Bundon, for um, getting us hooked up with uh, a cannabis club. So we got to go into an actual, for real, legit cannabis club. I think it was our last night there. Mm-hmm. We wanted to just take it easy. We went and had some food down by the wharf and then went to this cannabis club, and which was, which, remember trying to find the damn thing? Oh, Jesus. We tried to find it the day before, and like we're in the wrong, like we're literally like across town. Like I know, I know Barcelona, it's a pretty weird city. We were literally like across town, like 40 minutes away, knocking on this door, trying to get into this thing at like 10 o'clock at night, trying to get into this damn cannabis club, and it's just, just these poor residents, it's these people. And I think we, we woke them up, but they, they're used to it because obviously they, they're like just, you know, they handled it well. And then people did it later on in the night, I'm sure. Uh, but we were on the whole wrong side of town. I don't even know how we how that happened. But anyways, we ended up finding it and it was amazing. We had like brownies and you could just chill out there and smoke and there's big lounges. You can play like different board games and it was a very mellow vibe. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Um, it was my first one ever in Spain when I, when I lived there before. That wasn't, uh, wasn't a thing uh, 15 years ago. Then we came back, or you came back and went to, or we went to London, went to your favorite band, Black Sabbath, went to the Black Sabbath Bridge, an actual museum. The museum in Birmingham. Was in, town, in Birmingham. Yeah, in the UK. And United Kingdom in Birmingham, we went there for the second MCBD Expo. But uh, you got to go see the Black Sabbath Museum. It actually took me to, it was, I learned a ton. I didn't know he was so anti war, and I didn't know he was so pro cannabis, actually. Who, Ozzy? Mm hmm. Yeah. And the Black Sabbath and some of the lyrics they had and some of the, oh, like they were highlighting that in the sure. museum, it was a whole newfound respect. I had no idea. 50 years of heavy metal, Black Sabbath exhibit. It was amazing. It was like achieving a life goal by seeing that and being there. Yeah, you're like, if there was like a candy store and there was like a kid in it, you would look like that person. Probably. It was uh, like ready for lollipops and all sorts of, you know, Willy Wonkiness. But yeah, no, that was, I learned a ton. And then we got to go sit on the Black Sabbath bridge on the bench that had Ozzy and the boys, their, mm-hmm. their faces on the bench, which is cool. Yeah, that was a cool little bit. Of course, we got to host the, we, at this time, we didn't talk at the, at the um, CBD Expo, but we did host the awards ceremony, which was amazing, like almost a black tie event. What is like almost a black tie? It's like you can't really say brown tie or like white, what's a white tie? 
I didn't wear a tie. I just wore a button-down shirt and a jacket. So Yeah, I wore a tie. It was just my tie. Right. But yeah, and then we want to thank Melody Grace. She was amazing from Corporate Angels. Mm-hmm. She was uh, our co-host and really stole the show, as she should. Uh, the beautiful and amazing Melody Grace. Thank you very much for um, hosting it with us. And from there, we went all the way across the country to the Jack Hare Cup, the first ever golf tournament. Right, a couple like about a month later, we went to the golf tournament in uh, California. Correct. I think that was October. Right before that, I went to the Cannabis World Congress in uh, L.A. That's right, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and you spoke at that, or you just attended that? I just attended that, and. How are those? I think I went to the one in New York, but I haven't been to the other. There's so many shows now. It's incredible. There's, yeah, there's so um, many shows. It's but not it, sustainable, it's, but yeah. No. It's it, it's a good show, though. Uh, Roger DeBonis is a guy that I got connected with who sells vendor and sponsorship stuff. And and he hooked me up. Super cool guy. He's based out of New York. I ran into him at MJ Biz, too. But good guy. He's DeBonis? One of, yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's a good guy. It was a good event. And but going... You know, so we did that. I think that was at the end of September, and then we stayed out there and just hung out and until the Jack Hare event, which was on October fourth, I believe, yeah, Friday. Uh-huh. A bunch of people flew in for that, and we got to play golf out there in honor of Jack Hare and the foundation, and raise some money, and it was cool. There's going to be more of those things happening in 2020, as far as I know. Yeah, quite a bit more. It was good to see some celebrities out there, and of course, support Brother Dan. Then we came back and ended up, you ended up starting a, a, a Chance Stakeholder Marketing Group. Tell, tell us a little bit about what's Chance. It's a Colorado-specific organization, but what, what is Chance? What's that initiative? So it's the Colorado Hemp Advanced Management Program, Okay. CHAMP. And so this is, there's a whole bunch of different stakeholder groups across the supply chain. So I think there's a, a cultivation, processing, transportation, marketing, genetics, banking. So there's all these different stakeholder groups. And I think there's over 200 people, stakeholders involved in the CHAMPS program. I'm on the marketing stakeholders group. And so basically every one of these groups, there's going to develop initiatives and outlines for the entire supply chain. And and we're going to have a real robust hemp management system here in Colorado that we would like to propose to the rest of the country because we believe that the leadership here in Colorado knows what's going on and that we can provide good ideas and solutions for the hemp industry on a national level. That's, uh, that's fantastic. You guys meet, what, a couple times a, a year? Well, I think that there are. we have three meetings for each stakeholders group, and then all this stuff goes to the executive committee, and they'll go through and fine-tune everything, all the suggestions that we all came up with, and then they'll introduce, here's the CHAMPS program. And I believe we're, well, I don't believe, I know, we're going to have a CHAMPS panel at Winter Hemp Summit 2 in January in Boulder that we're going to do. And then there will be a champs presentation at NOCO 7 as well, where I think it will be pretty refined and ready to deliver the whole thing out to the public. Yeah. Nice. So Nice. And then, you, and then we had the, um, well, I went out on the road on a hemp road trip, uh, the 10th one, uh, the road to HIA Con. And I want to thank Founders Hemp for giving a shout out for sponsoring that as the presenting sponsor. Uh, but while I'm driving around the country getting ready for uh, HIA conference and visiting uh, hemp leaders on the bus. You guys rocked out the hemp harvest party this year. I didn't get to go to that. How was that? Good. It's still one of my favorite events that we get to do. 
We've been doing it with Bill and Danny, Colorado Hemp Project, since 2014. Started out on a farm in Sterling, Colorado, and then moved to Denver for a couple of years. And we've been in Longmont at the Oscar Blues Oak Room the last couple of years. And it's a good event. Several hundred people. Kind of a concert and party gathering. Live music. And we had a DJ this year. And actually, there was a little, there were some production issues at this event this year. But beyond that, it's all about the people and the energy in the room. And everybody came together to celebrate one more year of growing and harvesting hemp. That's, uh, you know, those are always great events. I went to, I think, the one two years ago where we had Bruce uh, Cannabis, the Cannabis Car. Bruce's right. cannabis car, right, was there. Yeah, I think that was in 2016. Gosh, four years, three years before. Yeah, it was at the Walnut Room. Yeah, yep. That's the one I went to. That was a good time. And then I want to give a shout-out to, speaking of new associations, the U.S. Hemp Building Alliance, right, or U.S. Hemp Building Association. U.S. Hemp Building Association. They had an event that they threw in Idaho at the end of the month. I think it was like the 24th or 25th. And the Hemp Building Summit and Maddie Mead and the whole, all the hemp building people from the United States basically showed up. And a lot of people from outside of the United States came in. Successful event from everything I understand. We were a sponsor. NOCO threw some money at it as a sponsor. We're very supportive of what those guys are doing. They're going to have a big presence at NOCO 7 this year. We're going to have a material zone and a huge industrial expo hall, basically 30,000 plus square feet. That's all going to be focused on equipment, materials, fiber. So really exciting. And those guys, again, will play a huge part in that. Yeah, big construction piece. And the NOCO 7 is going to have a lot of different uh, aspects to it. But uh, that construction piece is, is huge because... As we promote the use of fiber, right, fiber crops across the country, uh, hemp fiber crops, that we're going to need outlets for all this herd, right? Where's the herd going to go? As we have fibers, we use fiber for other, for other things, we'll have all this herd. It's, I think it's like 70% of the plant is herd, right? So we have, we'll have a lot of stuff to do, and construction is a great way to utilize a lot of this material. Um, I think, it, what is it, like nine acres or something to grow a house? Is, it, is that something like that? Your, uh, something like something that. Like that. Yeah, but it's, uh, it might be, not, not even be that much. Depends in the house, I guess. In the sure. Person. So, uh, I was going to say, what if you like? <laughs> uh, and then, so from uh, from the harvest party, then we'll fast forward another week, actually. And you came out, met us, met the bus up uh, in Asheville. Halloween. So, Halloween. That was a spooky, fun time. And didn't we end up in Rod Kite's house? We did. We went to Rod Kite's house. It was it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Um, Except he wasn't Rod there. Rod wasn't there. Yeah. So thank you, Rod. And we'll just share this beautiful story with uh, friends that are listening. We uh, we go in. We're all dressed up. Most of us are all dressed up. Uh, it's Halloween evening. We're in this neighborhood in, in the mountains of Asheville. And uh, we're going to meet our buddy Rod Kite and uh, and Hugh in from Britain. And uh, we go we walk in the house. And it's this beautiful decorated house, little cobwebs and stuff. And we walk in the house and we're greeted by... I don't know, maybe half a dozen or so high school kids. Right. And I was like, must have been like a deer in the headlights. I just stopped. And I was like, I think, I think we're in the wrong house. Like, this is not. But it just turns out we did have the right house. Rod was just down the street trick-or-treating. So, um, and those were his kids getting ready to go out and go trick-or-treating. So we were, it was very, very awkward for a couple moments. But uh, ended up being fantastic. We ended up going out in Asheville and really took time. that city by storm. It was a great time. Uh, what did you think of Asheville? That was your first time there, right? Yeah, I thought it's super cool. I liked it way better than Charlotte. Yeah, Asheville is probably one of it's. I call it like the it's like the gym of the Carolinas of the North Carolina. It's beautiful and 
the mountains, the people are very chill. It's very Boulder kind of, mm-hmm. kind of ish, you know. Yeah, I would. Um, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. Um, so we went from Asheville, and then we drove down to a couple hours down to Charlotte for the twenty seventh annual HIA conference. The twenty six. Twenty six, something like that. Twenty six, twenty seven. Gold jacket, green jacket. It was good. That was what. That was a five day conference. That was a long conference. Mm-hmm. A very long conference. Uh, but we did get to uh, take a take a, a break and take a day, a, kind of an R and R day, if you will. Um, your son's a huge Panther fan, Max. Yep. yep. So we had the opportunity to go in his honor and uh, enjoy the Panthers game. It was the Panthers versus the Titans, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. And, um, and the Panthers won, and then they? lost five games in a row after that. Well, you know, we're the jinx that they're looking for. <laughs> um, we uh, I, I got to paint my beard blue, which was fantastic. Uh, so I had Panther Blue Beard, and we had, because I didn't have a jersey, obviously, but I wanted to get into the spirit of things, you know? And so we walked around, and, uh, you know, sometimes fans can get obnoxious and annoyed, especially as they continue to drink, and, you know? And I think you and I were talking, and this guy, you know, we're on the walkway in between the upper and lower decks and just walking around kind of the stadium. Beautiful day. It was a great sunny awesome, day. It was yeah. gorgeous. And sometimes fans just got a little rowdy and, uh, and you know, just... Uh, I don't think we stayed till the end. Did we left right almost towards the end? They're a little too rowdy for, for us, so we, we got out of there. But uh, HIA conference was good. Good speakers. What were your thoughts? I thought the the expo floor was a little slow. Other than that, I mean, obviously a good amount of uh, quality speakers and industry people there. It's always good to get together and and have people from around the industry be able to network and talk and do business. So good. Yeah, I think a very good kind of B two B focus and just um, bringing the people together. Uh, but it was it was good it was a good conference, but it was a long conference. Yeah. All right, then you guys took you went to Hawaii to Maui, right, for the Hawaii Farmers Union. Correct. Well, tell us about that. So this would have been our third year of doing the Hawaii Hemp Conference. We've done it the last two years. Last year we were on Oahu in the convention center the year before we were in Hilo which you were out for mm-hmm. you were out for last year in the Wahoo too weren't yep. you yep that's right that's when you and Annie got lost in the jungle yes that's she's right. a trooper shout out to you Annie trooper yes but this year instead of doing the conference we took our resources and we pooled them with the Hawaii Farmers Union convention and we did a let's talk hemp tent for three days and Doug Fine was out there uh, Lely who's based out there you remember her she's she was at the previous conferences yeah, she's, she's super cool she's doing all kinds of stuff um big shout out to her uh it was it was a really cool i love maui and i see us continuing to be involved with the farmers union we're members with the farmers union we joined last year uh there, we'll do a couple things out there in 2020 we want to continue to have a presence in hawaii i think that the farmers out there can help provide perspective here to the mainland people. They really care about the soil. I mean, they're dirt farmers and trying to bring that soil back to life after it's been decimated by the sugarcane industry. It's really cool. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And him can help make that happen. It's going to be a great story. Yes, for sure. So it's just really good people out there, and we just love the energy. Yeah, and it's Maui, which is it's magical. It's freaking Maui. And uh, that's, I think that's where I got my first time. No, I think... Oh, and I finished my Phoenix Rising from the volcano tattoo. You this got a trip. Tattoo. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so it's done. Tattoo in, Phoenix, in uh, Maui. Correct, yeah. I, that's so, awesome. You feel colored it in? Yeah, it's all... It's done. That's awesome. Yeah, you've been waiting to get that done for a bit. We almost did that in Europe for oh, a moment. Exactly. 
I'm glad you waited until Hawaii. I think Hawaii was the best. Yeah, it was, was, it was the appropriate place. It was appropriate. Um, it hurt awesome. like a motherfucker too. Really? Yeah, it was painful this time. I got um, so this <laughs> this this year of tattoos. I have the, the I have the Nepal fishtail on the left hand, uh, on the left arm, and then when I was in New Zealand, which we'll talk about in a minute, I got the Hemp Hustler icon or logo tattooed on my uh, right arm by a Chinese kid who was amazing. So anyway, so back to Hawaii. So you hit that Hawaii Farmers Union, and then. And then came back and you just hit MJ BizCon, right? In Vegas? Correct. Is that where... We'll just well, wrap up my trip after this. But yeah, I think MJ BizCon just happened and you just got back yeah. from that last week, right? Yeah. So the, we went and did MJ Biz, stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel, which was cool. I haven't been back there since the grand opening when they opened it in like 94, 95. Yeah, 95, yeah. And That's crazy. And that, that was cool. We also participated in a Golden Key Party with Hoban Law Group and... We were a sponsor in that. There was that was a fun party. They did kind of this history world tour of cannabis. So you had Israel, you had Colombia, you had a variety of different countries, Mexico, and it was like a tour around the world, and it was fun. What? Uh, why was it a golden key? Why golden? I guess a golden key is better than a platinum key or a silver key. What a lithium key, or what is it? What's it like the, the Black Panther? Like a like what is that like? Rubidium, I don't even know what Rubidium, whatever, whatever the whatever the key, whatever like the magic metal was that they had, ah. or whatever. I don't know. We should know that. We we went and hung out with Nate from from Marvel. Uh, oh, when we went to London, when we went to London the second time. Yeah, yeah. we got lost, and then we had a Again, trip to the airport that was that was the craziest trip to the airport I've ever had in my life. Like we get in the cab because your your thing doesn't work, and like you're 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 damn you're pulling around the half mile around the world. You're pulling this damn pull case with the wheel broken so it's like dragging and then we end up getting like in a cab and the cab ends up taking us all this crazy way it was like we need to get to the airport because our plane was about to leave then we get to the airport and we try to check into like the south american flights and that didn't work and then we end up all over the place we end up hustling to the damn plane and we get in the plane and it's a norwegian plane but it's being run by vueltos and vueltos is a spanish operator so we're on this norwegian plane in london and it, they're all speaking spanish and i'm speaking spanish which was amazing and it was just the whole thing was the wildest trip I've ever I've ever like wildest airport trip I've ever seen on the way to the airport, and then the plane was on on the tarmac for an extra hour. Remember, and we were so exhausted. All I could do all I could do was just start laughing. We were crying. We were laughing so hard because we were just so tired. And we made the damn plane by the grace of the universe. Like that was an amazing journey. Literally, what a trip! Yeah, it was amazing. And Ryan Laughlin, um, big shout out to you. Um, again, for, for uh, being the first farmer in Colorado that's growing hemp. So I think that's great. Um, I wanted to give a... Uh, oh, anyways, I wanted to also talk about... I did what I consider freaking epic. I got to see all six continents this year uh, that can grow hemp, which is amazing. So just finished a trip to the Southern Hemisphere. I uh, went to South Africa, uh, to Cape Town, and I got to speak at Canatech, which was absolutely incredible. And Sal Kay and the group at Canatech there, Julia and the group, thank you very much. Um, that was absolutely incredible. Um, some incredible people doing amazing stuff from all over the world. Uh, Cape Town's a beautiful place. I got to say with Tony uh, and his wife, Camilla, and thank you to those guys for letting us stay. It was a hemp house, the first hemp house in Africa. They had hemp sheets. They had hemp pillow, hemp duvets, hemp towels, of course. The carpet was hemp. Uh, they had corked sustainable flooring. Um, I mean, it was it was a fully it was a, just a badass home. I mean, that was the inspiration for my hemp hideaway place where people would come and stay. It was was Tony's place, and I got to actually go and stay there, which was incredible. 
Tony's a badass. Tony is awesome, and he is going to be coming out to NoCo 7. Yep. Uh, 7, 7, or as they say in Africa, 7. Oh, and there, it's kind of crazy. In Africa, they call their stoplights robots. So it's like, oh, you go to like, in like any directions to such and such. Like, oh, well, go up two robots and take a right. And that means two stoplights. <laughs> so just food for thought, you know. Tomorrow I got to a Mr. Roboto, which is all based on like South African lights. So from there we went to, uh, took off, Maggie and I actually took off and went to Australia, to Brisbane. And thanks to Lachlan and Tegan and the group there at Hemp Foods Australia for showing us around. I uh, got to see a, a hemp farm there and spent some time in Brisbane and Perth. And then got to head out to New Zealand, to Auckland, and spoke in Auckland at the Oceana Vape Expo. Again, big shout out to Jessica and Sesmo for getting that set up for us uh, and putting us up as well. So um, then got back. I spoke with, uh, and thanks to Ben King, who's, we're working on doing some stuff. They have their legislation to pass. They have industrial and medical available on a limited basis, but they're looking to do recreational this November. So they're looking to uh, hopefully engage us to help them get over there and do some road trip around New Zealand this year and, and check out what uh, what they have going on and kind of help their people understand and, and dispel the fear of this plant. So uh, very exciting stuff happening down in the Southern Hemisphere. But there, I didn't notice the toilets flushing backwards the other way. Yeah, because isn't that what they say? I think that, that's what they said. But like, now that I'm talking it out, like, I don't remember. I mean, I don't, I don't think I watched the, watched the toilet water, but I don't remember it. I would have... I would think I would have noticed because it just would have been off, you know, a little off. Like the stars, the stars were beautiful, but they were just like flipped. So like Orion's belt and Sirius was right there, but it was just like, it was a little flipped. It was weird, but it was cool. Um, and it was cool. I got to go into the ocean. I went to the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean all in the same, I think, week. Wow. Which was pretty cool. What was the warmest? Probably, probably uh, Gold Coast in Australia. We got to jump in there. Yeah. I threw my arm out. Um, but yeah, we got to go in there and go surfing and... I mean, everyone's like playing rugby on the beach. It's freaking awesome, man. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, so then, then now we're here in the, in December, the December twenty second. Watching it out, getting ready for Christmas and the end of the new year. And then what uh, what do we have on the on the pike for twenty twenty? Lots of fun stuff. Uh, where do we want to start? Just some big overview of what to look for in twenty twenty. And obviously, on the website, you'll see some of the stuff we have. We'll put some of the stuff up. But uh, Noco Seven. Can it be the biggest and bestest? Yeah. Winter Hemp Summit kicks it off in January on the 16th. Then we've got Texas Hemp Convention that we're doing in Dallas. Then what do... I got the World Ag Expo. World Tumari Ag Expo. In California. Oh, and also the cannabis or the ICBC I'm going to be speaking at in February in San Francisco. So that's the International Cannabis Business Conference. Yep. And then go into the World Ag Expo, which... NOCO is a partner with those guys for the Hemp Innovation Challenge, which is going to kick off in February of this coming year. Super cool. If you guys have any amazing innovation technology, this is something to definitely check out. There's going to be cash prizes. There's going to be lots of big global partners involved in this. So we can really start jump-starting the, the hemp industry. We need technology. We need innovation. Cash money, too. Uh, huge, huge. So that'll be great. So that's the World Ag Expo in Southern California. Uh, and then from there, I'm going to the Hemp Culture Expo, which is presented by Bronner's, and that's in um, San Diego on the 15th and 16th. I'll be speaking there. And then speaking at the Native, Native American? American Tribal Council, right? Correct. Yeah, and that's in San Diego as well on the 18th of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're back here and uh, getting stuff ready for, for NOCO, really, from there, right? Well, the 
the CBD, Hemp and CBD Expo in Birmingham's happening again at the end of February. February, yeah, 29th. Right, so we may be going out to that. And then Expo West, Natural Products Expo in Anaheim, I'm going to be out at that. That's like March 3rd through the 7th. Then NOCO is the 26th, 27th, 28th of March. NOCO 7, 200,000 square feet. Stadium Arena for the General Session Business Conference and Farm Symposium. Because we were so full last year, we had to move the conference to a stadium this year. To a stadium, which is super one louder. Absolutely. It's, this conference will be like going to Metallica meets U2 for a hemp conference. What about, like, let's do, like, bands that don't suck. Like, like let's what, do, What, do you like, think U2 and Metallica both suck? Yeah, like, at least at least U2, but, like, uh, I like Metallica. <laughs> but why don't we do, like, um... I'm thinking, the well, we're going to have a huge screen. We're going to have, like, a 10 by 30 do, like, LED Queen screen. and Zeppelin. There we go. Dude, all right. Be like a, a Queen one. and Zeppelin concert? Yep. Like a, yeah. So, like, we have Brian May Queen and Lynch. Jimmy Page on... Boom. And the dude that can sing. Robert Plant or... Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. From back from the grave. Yeah, and uh, the drummer back from the grave. Oh, Bonham. Yeah, for sure. So everyone will bring everyone back from the grave, and then they're gonna we're gonna have the most epic Noco Seven ever. Yes, with a concert. Is Ben Franklin coming back? I think so. That guy can say in his grave. I think he's he's a good man. Rest in peace. Um, speaking of good men, and uh, we gotta get and women. We have some thank yous to give for this year. Uh, lots and lots of people were amazing and impactful and helpful. But first, we want to go through our, 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 all of our list of the Let's Talk Hemp podcast uh, folks that were uh, generous with their time and information and, and humor and candor. Um, so I want to give a big thanks to Frank Robinson, Robinson, Callie Blackwell, Patrick Flerte, Flerte Annie Rouse, uh, Mike Weiss, who recorded some stuff we couldn't get up. Uh, the same thing happened with George Ho and Riley Cody and, and Mike Perry, which we will hopefully have some stuff in the can for next year or down the road. Uh, we do want to thank Madeline or Melanie, Melanie Grace, Melanie Grace for uh, helping us with the Hemp CBD Expo Awards. Uh, Ronit and Jamie over at Honeysuckle, uh, David Fellman, Matthew Everson. Also want to thank Harlan Greenman of Greenspoon uh, Martyr. Uh, he was awesome in your on your Bedlam podcast. Right? Yeah, we did a 420 podcast. Bedlam thing that was... Yeah, we did something on, on 420 in the city and with the Honeysuckle Girls. Uh, and then also wanted to thank Andrew Bish. And finally, the amazing and uh, intelligent and impactful Lorena Beltran. So thank you all you guys for being on our podcast. Uh, big shout out from us. And also just in general, want to give a quick shout out to uh, some of these folks as well, Morris. I can't read your handwriting. So why don't you go ahead and read your handwriting? Uh, I can't but do that. But so thank you for Morris to all these people Rick's getting ready to say thank you to. Uh, so Margaret, Aaron, Joe, Fran, staff over at Salt Creek Hemp, uh, Tim and Lisa out in South Carolina for being great hosts, Carla in New Orleans for being an amazing host, Terry Yu out in China for taking care of us. We're out there. Uh, Jim, Evelyn, and everyone at the Dublin Hemp Company. Thank you for uh, taking Morris around. Um, Tony Budden, Laughlin and Teagan over in Australia. Ben King out in New Zealand. Jessica out in China, thank you very much uh, for taking care of me on the Southern Hem- Hemisphere Tour. Uh, Founders Hemp, want to say thank you and shout out as well. They have some amazing hemp-infused clothing you guys should check out. 
Uh, I want to thank Ryan Hahn for his Chinese hospitality. I want to thank Maggie Buderbaugh for joining us out in California or out in, uh, in Spain. Blake Butler, the chair of the uh, North Carolina Industrial Hemp Council or Industrial Hemp Association. I want to thank Doug Fine. And last but definitely not least, I want to thank Ryan Laughlin again. Yeah. Thank for, you, Ryan. Yes, for uh, helping us to uh, really uh, take, get the most out of our trip to London. <laughs> so uh, great. Lots of crazy stuff happened. This was a great year. Uh, let's leave off with this one thing on the on the inter, the final ruling, the interim final rule. This new DEA stuff. Do you want to make little comments about that? I know it's on everyone's mind. And as the end of the year comes, we have another thirty days to comment to the USDA about what we think of their interim final rule, um, which, if you guys don't know, has a lot of provisions in it that could cripple the that will cripple the hip industry. Uh, the DEA is actually mentioned forty two times in the regulations, and it was very clear in our view that the twenty eighteen farm bill removed cannabis uh, and hemp, and hemp specifically, from the controlled substances list, including THC, CBD, and all the components and isomers. So the fact that DEA is even involved is is super uh, interesting, right? Because it was specifically told not to be involved by Congress uh, last December, December 20th last year, a year ago. So people need to make comments about this interim rule. We'll have a link up on on the website, and that's it's all over the net as far as where you can make your comments um but there is a link and people should go make comments there's going to be some boilerplate information out there released by different folks that uh, you can just cut and paste and really addresses all the different things but again the dea being mentioned 42 times they should be really mentioned one time in the whole thing and that is the dea is no longer involved with industrial hemp because it falls under the jurisdiction of the usda the DEA is out. Mm-hmm. Why they're in there 42 times? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's Yeah, yeah they shouldn't be there at all. They shouldn't be an organization. Um, but yes, yeah, so they um, that's there. We have some testing issues. So the DEA labs are required. So there's a lot of a lot of issues with this with this interim final rule. Obviously, we'll, we'll continue to operate under the 2014 Farm Bill, uh, which we're allowed to do until the end of 20 until October uh, of 2020. But um, there's a lot of work to be done there. A lot of people working, a lot of different associations working together which is great to help create comments and really uh, help change or hopefully impact and influence the, the language of the regulations. Really, it should just be a final, issue, a final product in the THC, which really shouldn't be an issue. But if we're going to make it an issue, that, you know, if you're growing for fiber, you don't give a damn what your THC is on your crop, right? So exactly. it's the intent and the end use that we really should focus on instead of all this craziness. So just food for thought, opioids. I just checked with the Center for Disease Control before the, before the show. And opioids have killed 702,000 people from 1999 to 2017. In fact, opioids last year killed 70,000 people died of an opioid overdose, which was the most uh, attributed to one cause of death. So well done, pharmaceutical industry. You've stopped uh, heart attacks as being the number one killer in America, and now it's death from prescription medication. So killing thousands and thousands of people a year, right? Cannabis can kill no one from overdoses. So let's have the conversation, and let's be honest, and let's compare apples to apples. So... Uh, it's all safe, but uh, we need to just start letting our farmers get back on their feet and letting our soil rejuvenate and letting ourselves have good food and, and, and good energy from from one source, right? So we'll leave you guys with that. It's been a hell of a year. Looking forward to Let's Talk Hemp Season 3 next year. Right on. Happy holidays. Cheers, guys. 
This episode of The 422 is underwritten by The Hemp Road Trip and HempEvents.org. Visit www.HempEvents.org for the best filtered listing of hemp-related events in the United States and abroad. Hey guys, Rick Trojan here with The Hemp Road Trip. Recently I returned from a trip to South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. All countries that speak English, although South Africa I think has 11 official languages, and New Zealand has three including sign language, which I think is amazing. But English is the predominant language spoken during most of my travels recently. But I found it much more difficult to understand and communicate in English. They have different pronunciations, different sayings and such. It made it very, very tough to effectively communicate. For example, when we were in New Zealand, we took a ferry to Waiheke Island. And I called the hotel, told them that we were coming in a bit late. Please keep reception open and the room available. And the woman at reception said, all right, at the ferry station, take bus 58 to the end. That's our stop. Okay, bus 58 to the end, I said. No, 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 bus 58 to the final stop. Okay, I feel like I'm saying exactly what I'm hearing, so bus, bus stop 58. She goes, no, bus 58, like 5-0, and the letter A is an apple. Oh, so 50A is what you're talking about. 50A is an apple, gotcha. Okay, great, see you soon. So that was the conversation there, literally was... Took, you know, a couple extra seconds or a minute or so to, to clarify everything. So I've learned it's always good to qualify the communication so that I can make sure that we're all on the same page, especially traveling internationally, because if you end up in the wrong spot, the wrong time, all sorts of stuff can get crazy. So, however, I, in order to do that, in order to qualify communications, you have to first understand what's being said. So, again, during my last trip, we went from South Africa where they call stoplights robots, actually. So it's like if you need direction somewhere, they're like, oh, go up two robots and take a left, which is kind of amazing. Uh, we went from South Africa to Australia and then to New Zealand, where they're actually so, so friendly. They're like they're like the Canadians to, to us Americans. They're like the Canadians, but like the Canadians, Canadians. Like, that's how nice they are. They're extraordinarily nice and hospitable. Uh, the accents at all these places, again, with people speaking what they understand to be English, the accents were all over the place. Uh, so much so that I came up with an idea to record all the different ways of saying the same thing in English. So what we've done here for you to close out the year, we, we've recorded the exact same sentence from each of the countries we visited, all English-speaking countries, such as we have Reed from the USA, who we saw in New Zealand, Tegan from Australia, Stella from New Zealand, Tom and Martin from the UK and England, and of course we have the great Tony Budden from Africa, all saying the exact same thing. So we'll leave you with this English heard around the world and wish you all a sustainable and regenerative 2020 year and beyond. Uh, we're going to go one louder here at Let's Talk Camp and love to have you guys on board. So here we go. My name is Reed. I am from the U.S. and I have to have some half and half. Hi, my name's Tegan and I'm from Australia, or welcome to Australia, and I have to have some half and half. Hi, I'm Stella. I'm from New Zealand, and I have to have some half and half. Hello, my name is Tom. I'm from the UK, and I have to have some half and half. Hi, I'm Martin. I'm from England, and I have to have some half and half. My name's Tony. I'm from South Africa, and I have to have some half and half. The best way you can support the show is to share this with your family, friends, and colleagues. Don't miss the opportunity to learn more about this podcast at letstalkhemp.com. And if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe and leave us an iTunes review. Thanks for listening. See ya.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.